Welcome to episode 210 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get 15% off something that I use every single night of my life and is a game changer for my energy levels and sleep. So I am often asked, what are my favorite quote, biohacking products, and something I truly, honestly cannot imagine my life without are blue light blocking glasses. In today's modern environment, we are massively overexposed to blue light. It's a stimulating type of light, which can lead to stress, anxiety, headaches, and in particular, sleep issues. Blue light actually stops our bodies from producing melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So our exposure to blue light can completely disrupt our circadian rhythm, make it hard to fall asleep, make it hard to stay asleep, and so much more. Friends, I identify as an insomniac. I would not be able to sleep without my blue light blocking glasses. I also stay up late working and wearing blue light blocking glasses at night has made it so I can do that and still fall asleep. My absolute favorite blue light blocking glasses on the market are Bond Charge, formerly known as Blue Blocks. Bond Charge makes an array of blue light blocking glasses in all different designs so you can truly find something that fits your style and reap all of the benefits of blue light blocking. They have their clear computer glasses. You can wear those during the day, especially if you're looking at screens all day to help with anxiety, headaches, and stress. They have their light sensitivity glasses. Those are tinged with a special yellow color, scientifically proven to boost mood, and they block even more blue light. Those are great for the day or evening. And then they have their blue light blocking glasses for sleep. Those are the ones that I put on at night while working before bed. Oh my goodness, friends. It's something you truly have to experience. You put on these glasses and it's like you just tell your brain, okay, it's time to go to sleep soon. They also have amazing blackout sleep masks. Those block 100% of light with zero eye pressure. I wear this every single night and I don't know how I would sleep without it. And I'm so grateful because Bond Charge is offering my audience 15% off. Yes, you can get 15% off site-wide when you go to bondcharge.com and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com with the coupon code MELANIEAVALON to get 15% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. 
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 210 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. And Jen, 210, it's 210. Wait, what? (laughs) The numbers are in order. Oh. Counting down. Okay, yeah, 210, that's right. I was like, what? What are you talking about? It's not 210, episode 210, got it. You like when things count down? I don't know. It just seems like a pattern. (laughs) Doesn't mean anything. How are you? Well, you know, the other day, yesterday was 4321. We were recording this on the 4th, but yesterday was 4321. Did you know that? No. (laughs) If we had done this yesterday, it would have been two one zero on four three two one. That would have been cool. I know. 
Today is my dad's birthday, and he's got the coolest birthday. He was born on 4-4-44. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a cool one. It's now the world knows how old my dad is. This is true. And that we're recording on 4-4, and yesterday was 4-3-2-1. <laughs> Hello, numbers. I think I am outnumbered now. There you go. How are you today? I'm great. I'm at the beach, so if anybody hears anything weird, that's why, or if it sounds different. Ah. <sighs> It's spring break, so. Oh, well, are a lot of people there for spring break, or is it? Yes, and it is cold. This morning, it was like in the 40s, and I look out in the front there, and there's people swimming in the pool. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? And are you from Canada or something? Because. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No offense, people from Canada, but people down here that are from the South are not swimming in the ocean or the pool today. Let me just tell you. (laughs) I have a very related to that exciting update. What is it? I am so excited. You might have seen it on my Instagram. There's a place near where I live and you can get unlimited. It's insane, the deal. For the first month, at least, you get unlimited hyperbaric oxygen treatment, which I'm actually too scared to do. Are you familiar with that? I mean, I've heard of it for like people who have like diving accidents or something, right? Yeah. It's like you get in a pressurized chamber and they pump in pure oxygen. I don't think I can do it because my phobia is claustrophobia and also pressure on things. So it's like basically the worst situation I could ever be in. Um, (laughs) So I won't do that. It's unlimited that, unlimited infrared sauna, unlimited, they actually have Juve devices. That's like actual Juve. It is. Yes. The actual Juve brand. Unlimited stretch sessions. You get one IV. But the main thing that I am doing it for is unlimited cryotherapy. Yeah. Well, very cool. Have you done that before? We talked about this. Well, of course not. (laughs) I did it three days in a row. Are you supposed to do it three days in a row? I'm going to do it every single day that I can do it. I can't even describe how it makes me feel. Oh my goodness. You feel high. Like high. (laughs) After. Not during. After the cryotherapy? Mm-hmm. So basically for listeners who are not familiar, cryotherapy, it's this chamber that you get into and they pump in liquid nitrogen and it gets down to, I think it depends, but I think they can get down to around negative 250 degrees Fahrenheit. So I've been doing two and a half minutes. I don't know what it's at. It's probably around negative 200 it's so exciting. You hook up your like your phone. So I play a Taylor Swift song and then I get in and then it fogs up and you can see the the thing counting down. But then the nitrogen gets so thick you can't see the you can't see the clock anymore and you're like how much longer? Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. It's incredible. <laughs> I'd rather go swim in the ocean today. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I actually mean this in the most authentic serious way. It's better than getting in like cold water. I think it is more doable and less unpleasant than a cold shower. And I actually mean that. Like, I mean, I believe you. Because when I do a cold shower blast at the end of my shower, I used to do like 40 seconds and now I give up after like 10 seconds. (laughs) But this is just so cold that it almost doesn't even register as cold, if that makes sense. Well, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And it just shocks you so much. Seriously, though, is there an upper limit that you're supposed to do? I I mean, is it good to do it every day or is that too much? 
I don't know. I posted about it on my Instagram and my Facebook group. And some people have been saying they do it every day. Some people say they do it as much as they can. I seem fine. You're supposed to work your way up to higher and higher levels. And it seems like the more you do it, probably the easier it will get. Like the first time I did it, I've only done it three times, but the first session I did the beginner, which was like negative 160 something degrees. And now I'm at intermediate. (laughs) You beginner, you. (laughs) Negative 160. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's so exciting. Uh, Well, have fun. So listeners, if you want pictures, go to my Instagram. I posted a picture. I'll post a picture of the actual tank. I just posted a picture of me in front of it, but... Well, I'm going to go look at it right this minute. Yes. I really like the end. I already said this, but at the end, when the nitrogen gets so thick that you can't see the clock anymore, it's just like this surreal, thrilling experience. Oh, last thing. I should probably say why I'm doing this. For <laughs> So the health benefits of cold are pretty, pretty fantastic. So a reason that we do intermittent fasting, tying it into our show... One of the reasons is that fasting activates a lot of survival type genes in our body that basically go around and clean up shop and boost our immune system and just make us more resilient. And cold activates a lot of those same and other genetic pathways as well. So it has a lot of health benefits. I've done an episode with Wim Hof, who's basically like the cold guy. You can check out that episode at melanieavalon.com slash cold, but it just, it's really good. They did one study actually, and they were testing specifically cryotherapy in patients with depression. And in half of the patients, it reduced their depression by 50% compared to the control group, which was either none or like 3% of people. Like there, there was basically no effect in the control group which I can see why you just get out and you're just like smiling. And that's my pitch. Well, that's good. Have I talked to you since I left Facebook? I asked you how it went. On Messenger? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think I'd talk to you live because I think we recorded last Sunday, the day before. Can I just tell you that people are fantastic? They're amazing. And I mean, I got 99.9% positive feedback from people. That's amazing. It was amazing. Like, I was so scared when I woke up Monday morning and I was going to archive the advanced group and the one meal a day group. The big group is still open. The moderators are answering questions and ask a moderator and running the daily threads. Those moderate, my moderators are amazing. I mean, they are just amazing. I also sent out my blog post that explained why. It's at jenstevens.com and it's called Changes in the Air. And like, I have sent out blog posts before and maybe one person replies to it. I got so many replies to the blog post from people who are like understanding and it said it made them think about it and just, just amazing. That makes me so happy. Also, like no one ever comments on my blog post, but like 80 people commented, you know, how you can comment on a blog post. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it like made me cry. That's amazing. I was so scared that people were going to be like, now I hate you, Jen. How could you? Leave Facebook. (laughs) You're awful. You've ruined my life. But instead, people were like, take care of yourself. They were so supportive. Anyway, it was amazing. That's wonderful. Also, there's a kid running up and down in the hall. In case you hear it, everybody, (laughs) the teacher in me is going crazy. I'm at the beach condo, and someone is running up and down right outside the room I'm recording. (laughs) 
I heard that. I was like, are there children? <laughs> there are children at the beach condo. So if you hear running, that's what it is. Anyway, I'm just so grateful. I am so, so, so grateful. First of all, I'm grateful to the moderators that have allowed me to keep the large Facebook group open, you know, for people who want intermittent fasting support for free still on Facebook. But I'm also grateful to people who understood why I left Facebook. I mean, I feel like I have my life back in some ways. I, I really just can't explain how, like, I, you know, because we had pending posts and I would go check them every 10 minutes. I swear I was on there. And it gave me so much stress and anxiety. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I mean, I guess no one was going to, like, drop dead if their Facebook post wasn't approved. But I felt personally responsible. Like, I needed to be in there doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. And I'm loving, you know, there's an Ask Jen group on the new platform. I'm also really grateful for people that have joined me on the DDD social network. But there's an Ask Jen group. So anybody can go in there and ask me a question. And because of the way the new platform works with the notifications, I get an email. So I see an email that I need to go answer someone's question. And it's just so much more of a relaxed way of responding to people. Well, that's very exciting. It is exciting. I feel like it's going to add a really nice, not that you already had a foundation, but like a stable, healthy foundation to all the work that you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that is all good things. It is good. And I just feel so relieved because I was like, what's going to happen if, if everybody's so mad and then no one ever listens to any of my podcasts again? Because the whole key was that I was on Facebook. <laughs> that was the key to my life. And I'm just so glad that it isn't. I've been like stuck in fear for a long time, like knowing I needed to do something different and knowing, I don't know, knowing I wasn't present in my life, but knowing I really couldn't do anything. Like when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat, okay, I wrote it in 2019. And I purposefully didn't say the word Facebook in it one time. Like my editor was like, don't you want to put in your bio about your Facebook groups? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do not put the word Facebook because I just knew it was unsustainable. And that was, we only had 100,000 members at that point. Yeah. And I already knew. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to manage this. <sighs> Such a relief. Well, for listeners, we'll put links in the show notes to Jen's new group that you can join, the DDD Network. DDD Social Network. That's right. DDD social network. And then I, I always do just want to clarify, I do still have my Facebook groups. And I do too. I have the big one, the delay don't deny intermittent fasting support, but you won't get me. You'll get a moderator. And the moderators are fabulous at answering the questions. You know, they've all been trained by me and they love what they're doing. It really helps them become stronger in their intermittent fasting practice too. You know, they enjoy supporting new members. They they like to do it. Like I told all of them, if this is not bringing you joy, walk away. You just tell me. And it is bringing them joy. So, so a lot of communities for listeners, DDD social network, the existing Facebook groups that Jen has. And then I still have, if you want to talk about cryotherapy and all the things, I have IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting, Plus Real Foods, Plus Life, also Clean Beauty and Safe Skincare Group, and then a, a group for Lumen, Biosense, CGMs, and all that stuff. I've actually contemplated the other day, I was like, should I start an Aura Ring group? But I was like, no, at least not right now, but contemplating it. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get 20% off one of my favorite things for truly taking charge of your health. 
including testing something we talk about all the time, your insulin levels. So to live your healthiest and longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source that would be your body. By using data from your blood, DNA, and fitness trackers, Inside Tracker gives you personalized and science-backed recommendations on things that you can take control of to optimize your health. What I love about Inside Tracker is that Inside Tracker tests provide optimal ranges, not conventional ranges, for over 40 biomarkers, including magnesium, vitamin D, testosterone, cortisol, ferritin, which is the storage form of iron that is rare for doctors to test, ApoB, three key female biomarkers, and something I am so excited about, Inside Tracker recently added insulin testing to their ultimate plan. Friends, I am thrilled about this. We talk about insulin all the time on this show. It is so relevant to your metabolic health and your lifespan. In particular, insulin tracking is an early warning sign for several chronic diseases and is a key indicator of energy optimization. It can really let you know if your diet, if your fasting is working for you, you want to test your insulin. It is so hard to get doctors to test insulin, and now you can do it with Inside Tracker. The thing I love most about Inside Tracker is that they have a strict science-backed approach to everything they do. If your specific biomarker level is unoptimized, Inside Tracker actually provides recommendations that are backed by dozens of peer-reviewed studies and personalized to you. This process was set in place by their founders that include experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. And for a limited time, our audience can get 20% off their ultimate plan, which includes testing that insulin when you sign up at insidetracker.com slash IF podcast. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, then visit insidetracker.com slash ifpodcast. And one of the things I really love about InsideTracker is it helps you track all of your results, all of your tests over time, so you can see patterns, see your history. It makes predictions of where you'll be if you continue on your current trajectory. It is a game changer for making sense of your labs. I am obsessed with Inside Tracker. Again, you can get 20% off their ultimate plan, including testing your insulin levels at insidetracker.com slash ifpodcast. And we will put all of this information in the show notes. On that note, shall we jump into everything for today? Yes, let's get started. And the first is a question from Laura and the subject is stuff you like. And she says, first of all, I love your podcast. Thank you for all the information and inspiration. If you could choose only one or two items from the stuff you like list, what would you choose and why? All right. So that's a great question from Laura. And I'm glad she sent this because I realized I think I've dropped the ball on updating that recently. But I thought about this. I didn't even pull up the page. I mean, basically that page is supposed to have everything that we've ever talked about liking. I actually, my number one answer is the books because I think the most important thing to me or one of the most important things to me in my daily life is knowledge and finding knowledge (laughs) and researching. So all of the books, if I can like list that as one thing, and then second would probably, that's so hard. If I had to pick like an actual device or something like that, 
I don't know, it's probably red light therapy, Juve or blue blocks, blue light blocking glasses. Those are both just so invaluable to my daily life. I, I can't imagine my life without them or beauty counter. Okay. That was a lot of stuff. How about, how about you, Jen? Well, I love beauty counter as well. I've started using my blue block glasses again from blue blocks. I'm lazy about using them. Like I don't like putting glasses on my face, <laughs> but I'm doing some research for my new book and got to that section. And, and I'm like, darn it. You really should be using these. You really, really should. Darn it. <laughs> the science is so clear. Which ones do you have again? Are they red colored or are they? Yeah. Okay. So are you wearing them at night before bed? Yes. Yes. And is it helping? I don't know. It's hard to know. <laughs> I think so. So yeah, blue blocking glasses. I need something else, like something that just attaches to my face and that are not glasses. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what I need. Maybe like a face shield. I don't, I don't like wearing glasses, but they're important. I don't know. Maybe I need like a bubble, like astronauts wear. Or I just need to go to bed when the when the sun is down. I don't know. Anyway, the science is so very clear, and it, it, it makes sense why we're not supposed to see those wavelengths at night because the blue light is the wavelength from the middle of the day. Yeah, when I interviewed Andy Mance for the second time recently on my show, he said that even a brief exposure to blue light at night sets back your melatonin production by like 30 minutes, which is upsetting. Yeah. And it's hard to do. Like I'm taking off my eye makeup with my eyes closed so I don't accidentally see light. <laughs> it's really a challenge. Just thinking about what I do because I put on the yellow, the summer glow ones earlier in the day. Well, when the sun's going down, I put on the summer glow ones. And then if I'm taking off my makeup, then I guess I just take them off. And actually, you know, I probably sometimes take off my makeup in the dark and then switch over to the red. That worked well. That did work well. Well, I have a couple of other things that I really like. First of all is my Life Pro vibration plate. Yes. Yeah, jenstevens.com slash Life Pro. You can see about those. And I also love my Shapa scale. I'm still using it. jenstevens.com slash Shapa. I really love it. It's helping me a lot to have that, you know, that color. It keeps me from feeling crazy about a number. Yeah, that makes sense. I also want to add Aura Ring to my list. I got my new diamond one. Oh, how's that? It's really pretty. Although I feel like it probably does look like a engagement ring or wedding ring, but are you wearing it on that the wedding finger? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you're married to Aura. I am. <laughs> I do, and it's measuring my heart. <laughs> Literally. I did a lot of research on which finger to use, but my ring finger is just the most comfortable. So I mean it's 2021. You can do whatever you want. This is true. This is true. And so the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to think you're married. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Shall we jump into our next question? Yes. This comes from Michelle. The subject is fasting but getting bigger. And she has that in all caps with lots of question marks. So she seems a little bit distressed about this. She says, hello, Jen and Melanie. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast, your knowledge, your willingness to do all the research and your expertise on IF. I am 51 years old. I started fasting June 1st, 2018, but didn't know about the clean fast until December, 2018. And I have been a faithful clean faster ever since. 
I had no weight to lose when I started, but just thought my body was starting to look older. And my dad had Parkinson's disease, which I would like to avoid if at all possible. So I started IF for the health benefits and I have seen felt many greatly reduced inflammation, no more eczema, skin tags gone. I want to circle back to the skin tags, by the way, Jen. Oh yeah. I know what that is, by the way. Yes. Yes. So much energy, no more bloating or gas, increased muscle mass, to name a few. This last one brings me to my question. I work out every day for at least one hour and then walk my dog three to six miles most days. I do HIIT workouts, cycling, weight training, running, stairs, elliptical, kayak, swim, all the things. My body is getting bigger, not in a bad way, but I don't really want to be bigger. My legs slash butt are rock hard. My arms are quite muscular. I have abs, but a tiny bit of flab. I have three kids just under my belly button. I fast clean for 19 to 21 hours every day, eat all the things and one meal and a snack, but mostly healthy and hardly any processed foods and rarely any added sugar. I do eat fruit. I'm not much for alcohol, but I have an occasional drink. My jeans have gotten tight through the legs and it makes me sad. I've been the same size my whole life until now. I don't really weigh, but I would say I've always been 115 pounds. I'm five foot six and one half inches tall. And when I last saw a doctor, they weighed me in at 126 pounds. I'm not at all concerned about the extra numbers on the scale, but I do want my clothes to fit and I will never go back to all those daily meals and snacks. Yuck. And I do not want to let up on my exercise. I have good energy and like to expend it. Any suggestions or ideas on how to fix this? I understand it's not a bad problem to have, but it's still a problem for me. Thank you again for all you have done and continue to do to help so many people. You two are a blessing, Michelle. Okay, Michelle, I've got some news for you that might be bad news, or maybe it's good news. All right. Until we get to the part where we know that you're five foot six inches, six and a half inches tall. And you were 115 and now you're 126 and you work out a lot and your legs and butt are rock hard. You, my dear, are putting on muscle. So, you know, we talk about how fasting increases human growth hormone and you're able to build muscle more easily. That's what's happening. So you are going to have to stop doing so much working out or accept that you are now building muscle and you are going to be bigger. You're not gaining fat. If you're rock hard and you have gained, it looks like you've gained 11 pounds of like lean muscle, honestly. Wouldn't you think so, Melanie? I mean, I don't know that she's gained 11 pounds of lean muscle, but she was 115. She's now 126. 126 is on the low end of a healthy weight for 5'6". It's it's definitely not overweight. It sounds like you are just, I bet you are gorgeous and just... I don't know that there's a problem to solve, except that your body is different now and more muscular. Yeah. My thoughts were that most of the weight gain is likely muscle. Most likely. I mean, most likely. It's harder for women to put on size when it comes to muscle. If we do put on size, it's usually in our legs. Like that's like our thighs. And that's where she's having the trouble. And that's where it feels tight. So I think that's probably what's going on is that you are gaining, you know, muscle in your legs. And she said her arms are quite muscular, she said. Yeah. Well, so so that too. Yeah. 
just as far as like be getting bigger from like an actual like size perception, changing how your clothes fit, that would probably happen in your thighs and your legs, which is what you're experiencing. It's possible that you just gained muscle, but also didn't really lose fat. And so your legs would just be, I mean, they would just be getting bigger. That would just be understood. So my suggestion would actually be, cause I am all for muscle 100%. I think it's honestly, the more I research, the more experts I interview, I think it's, especially since, and people don't really talk about this that much, but it's thought that insulin resistance actually starts at the muscle. Like it's the muscle that first, I don't know if it's that the muscle becomes insulin resistant or we lose muscle. So we don't have a glucose sink. And so that becomes an issue, but muscle is just so, so important for overall health. What I would suggest actually is if you don't want this volume, so this biggerness and the genes and everything like that, I would change the type of the exercise that you're doing. So she said she's doing workout, cycling, weight training, running, stairs, elliptical, kayak, swim. I don't know what type of weight training she's doing and stuff, but if she's doing the type of weight training that is specifically its purpose is to grow like your legs (laughs) bigger with muscle maybe don't focus on that as much. Maybe focus on full body strength. Maybe try like yoga or something, something that will be more toning and supporting your current muscle rather than necessarily building it per se. I think if you change the type of workouts you're doing. Like a Pilates kind of a thing, maybe. Get long, lean muscles. Yeah. Especially, it sounds like she really likes working out. So just changing that. Oh, and she's doing cycling. This is the magic of human growth hormone. I'm serious. She's 51, putting on lean muscle. I mean, it is like like the more lean muscle that we can have as we age, the better. Yeah. I mean, this is a good problem to have. I understand, you know, for your own personal preference that you don't aesthetically want it to be that way. So just change the type of exercise you're doing. But I would still support all of the strength exercise, just a different type. If she's doing the cycling, that's like, you know, like the hard type of cycling, that's going to build your thighs (laughs) a lot. Speaking from experience growing up, but yeah. Awesome. All right. We have a question from Laurel and the subject is daily headaches while fasting. She says, hi, Jen and Melanie. Thanks for creating such a fabulous resource for intermittent fasting. I began IF in 2018 after having my daughter to lose the baby weight and never looked back. On average, I typically do 18-6 or one meal a day with an evening eating window. I found recently that in the afternoons, I started getting headaches. They're not horribly painful, but more just uncomfortable and distracting. I know that I'm fat adapted because I've been eating a mostly ketogenic diet for years and have been doing IF for almost three years. I also drink tons of water during the day, usually around 70 to 80 ounces at least. I also notice that these headaches disappear when I eat a snack, so it's something food-related, but I don't know why I'm getting headaches if I'm used to fasting. Do you have any ideas what might be causing these? As a side note, I work out for approximately 30 to 40 minutes, five to six times per week, early in the morning, doing cardio or strength training. Thanks for your help. All right, Laurel, so thank you for your question. I have two ideas of what this might be. The first one is what I think it more likely might be. I would place a bet on electrolytes being a thing, especially the more that I research electrolytes. I've been listening to a lot of Rob Wolf's interviews for his company, Element, 
which we have partnered with before. And I just think electrolytes can be a huge issue for a lot of people, especially on keto diets, especially while fasting. And the fact that it goes away when you eat would probably speak even more to that. So what I would suggest doing, Laurel, if you go to drinklmnt.com forward slash I have podcast, you can get a free sampler pack of Element. It includes four different flavors. They have way more than four flavors, but their sample pack includes four flavors and the raw unflavored version, which is included in that sample pack is clean, fast, friendly. So I would get that, try that and see if that resolves the headaches. I feel like it will. <laughs> like I'm feeling like it will. If it doesn't, then it's likely something else. The other thing I was thinking it might be some sort of detox thing. It could be like a recent exposure to something that you had, or it could be that you're going into the detox phase and something that you're detoxing is creating the headaches. And the reason that it goes away when you eat is that you're, you're stopping your detox process. Those are my two thoughts. What do you think, Jen? Well, the thing is, is that she's been doing this since 2018. I would say, okay, what is different now? Like, I would find it to be very unusual that, like, you've been fine since 2018, and now all of a sudden your electrolytes are out of balance. I actually do, if I could just jump in really quickly, because that's one of the reasons they formulated it, is that they saw this a lot with people. Like, people were fine, and then all of a sudden their electrolytes got out of balance? Well, for a lot of people, it's an issue right at the beginning, but for other people, it would become an issue later. So why is that? Why does it become an issue when you, I mean, 2018 is a long time. She's not a baby faster. What would make someone who's been fat adapted since 2018 all of a sudden have trouble with electrolytes? I mean, I understand if she started a new workout regimen and she's sweating more or if it's like summertime. I can understand that, but that's where I'm puzzled. I mean, I'm not, I am not an expert on it, so I can research this more, but I imagine there are just so many lifestyle facts, like electrolytes are involved in so many things in our body. Or if she upped her water lately, that would do it. That was another reason I thought it might be that, is that if she's upping her water. Or even if she changed, like maybe she used to be drinking San Pellegrino or a mineral water, and now she switched to plain water. You know, maybe she's missing some minerals that she was getting, or maybe she changed her salt that she uses. I don't know. I guess it could be something like that. Something may have changed, or something has changed if, you know, suddenly she's having an issue. That's what I think with that. But also, Laurel, please do not assume that it's because of fasting. Even if every time you eat, your headache stops, headaches that start out of nowhere when nothing else has changed should not be ignored. I want you to go to your doctor and say, hey, I've all of a sudden started having headaches and I didn't change anything else. Nothing is different. And, you know, there, there's likely, I mean, there is a reason that you're having the headaches. And so it's time to get to the bottom of that. Yeah, 100%. I would definitely give the electrolytes a try as well. Oh, and I forgot. I want to touch on the skin tags thing. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I forgot to talk about that. I did too. <laughs> Listeners might think that I'm going to say beauty counter or something, but no, skin tags. Those are actually, I think it's pretty well accepted that they are from insulin resistance. Yes, they are. That's very commonly discussed. Yep. Aren't they benign tumors on the skin, technically? Isn't that what they are? I haven't thought about that. I don't know. I haven't read about what they are, but I know that they are associated with insulin resistance. 
And so we hear all the time that people lost their skin tags after they become more insulin sensitive after doing intermittent fasting. And it usually corresponds to like A1C going down and and things like that. So we have, you know, confirmation that their bodies are are healing metabolically. So it's awesome that they, she said they were cleared up or gone. Yeah, they just fall right off. I mean, I've heard this hundreds, thousands of times we've heard this. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they did that. They do. This is one of those things. You know how we talked last week about gallbladder? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't hear that all the time, (laughs) but we hear skin tags all the time. So we know that that (laughs) is a thing. And the next question we're getting ready to talk about, also we hear, so we know it's a thing. Well, we can go right into that. All righty. So we have a question from Diane. The subject is hair loss. And Diane says, first, let me say I'm new to this and I've learned so much from you ladies. You're amazing. Please keep up the good work. My question is, if you're not doing keto, does one meal a day contribute to hair loss or thinning? I have hypothyroidism, so thin hair is an issue for me to start with. I do take super collagen with C and biotin, magnesium with a good multivitamin. To be honest, That's why I stopped doing keto was because my hair got so thin. I try to eat a medium carb way of eating to avoid this. However, we keep trying to lose the weight to be healthy and look better, but losing our hair definitely doesn't help that. I don't have this issue currently, but I keep seeing posts in the one meal a day Facebook page, and this freaks me out to go through this again. So the thing to keep in mind is that Anything that your body perceives as a stressor can cause your body to to begin the hair fall process. And the name of that is telogen effluvium, if that is why hair falls out. If you are going through telogen effluvium, you may have hair fall issues from stress. It happened to me when I was doing the keto diet in the summer of 2014. My hair started falling out. And... Obviously, my body felt the keto diet was a stressor. And then I stopped doing keto and my hair grew back in. Here's the thing, though. I've done a good deal of reading about this. Once the hair fall process starts, it's too late. It's already had the stress and it has to run its course. There's nothing you can do at that point to make it stop falling yet. It just has to keep doing it. Like it just keeps pushing out those hairs and then new ones are going to come in if that is the reason you're losing your hair. Now you said you're not losing your hair, Diane, but could intermittent fasting cause this? Well, if your body perceives it to be a stress, it could. It could happen. And it's a two to three month process from the time the stressor. So really, if you see that your hair is starting to fall out, this is for anybody. If your hair all of a sudden starts to fall out like crazy, count back two to three months and say, what happened two to three months ago? And it could be really anything. It could have been, you know, death of a family member. It could have been a serious illness that you went through. It could have been really radically changing your diet, like going keto. It could be starting intermittent fasting. But by the time you notice it, it's already too late to stop it. So that's what I have to say about that. And it does grow back. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry. It comes back. You just have to let it happen. And what's funny, Melanie, I guess it's not funny. But, you know, even with me, when I did it, I didn't really know what was happening. But I was like, oh, my God, keto is making my hair fall out. I'm quitting. But 
you start taking things like biotin and all these things, and then you're like, look, it fixed my hair. Well, actually, if you do nothing, your hair is going to start growing back. If you do nothing and you have adequate nutrition. Well, that's true. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, we we're like, well, I started taking these hair and nail vitamins. That must have been the, the trick. But really, it's just it's a process and you come out the other side. I'm going to be interviewing an author named Anne Louise. I don't know how you say her last name. I think it's Anne Louise Gittleman. She's a New York Times bestselling author, but she has a new book coming out called Radical Longevity. And she actually has a chapter just on hair. And she talks about, Jen, what you just mentioned, the, the telogen. How do you say it? Effluvium? Effluvium is how I would say it. I mean, it could be totally different. But when I look at it, it looks like telogen effluvium. Like, so normal hair has two different phases. It has the antigen phase and then that telogen phase. And a normal hair, when we're not experiencing this intense stress, she said it's it lasts four to six years in the antigen phase. And then for two to four months, it's in the telogen phase. And the telogen phase after that is when it's shed. And when people get telogen effluvium, 70% of your hair or around that switches over like really fast to the telogen phase. So that's why it's like, and it often happens after an intense stressor. So that's why you automatically can lose all of this hair, which is very, I mean, that can sound really scary, but it's reassuring in a way because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're destined to lose all your hair for life. It just means that those hairs switched over to that phase, which is a phase they're all going to hit at some point. They do it sooner and at the same time. But it really is terrifying. I can remember how scary it was. I was like, what is happening? It comes out a lot you know, when it's happening. And then for about a year, my hair looked thinner. You know, I have the photos of me going through that period of time. And then you get a lot of little baby hairs that start growing back in. And it's like, that'd be a good time to get some bangs because you're going to have them anyway. <laughs> but you get these little tiny baby hairs growing back. And, you know, now my hair is thicker than ever. So did intermittent fasting make me have thin hair for life? No. Actually, it was keto that was the stressor for me. But it can be anything like that, like I said. It's really reassuring because, again, it doesn't mean you're destined for that. The nutrition, though, and the stress is key. So in the priority list of processes in our body, our hair is not high on the priority list for our body to maintain. So when we're in a really intense stress event or if the fasting that we're doing is being perceived as too much of a stress, the hair is something that can be expendable. So that's a reason that can happen. But so important nutrition for your hair you want to make sure that you have enough protein, adequate iron levels, zinc, B vitamins, essential fatty acids. I do think concentrated like nutrition to support hair can be key. And likely, you know, when you are growing it back, you you want you want the nutrition to support it. So again, everything that I just mentioned with the protein, a lot of people actually benefit a lot from bone broth. MSM, silica, of course, addressing your stress levels. And this also might be something where you could work with a practitioner and do nutrient testing to see if you're lacking in certain minerals and nutrients. And we do know that she has hypothyroidism. So that is linked to hair issues. I mean, hair loss is one of the main symptoms I feel of hypothyroidism. So it can also be hormonal. So that would be where you'd want to work with a practitioner familiar with hormones and addressing that. 
but don't be afraid that you're going to, it's going to happen. Like I don't want anybody listening. Like Diane said, it's not happening to me, but I saw that it could and now I'm really worried about it. So ironically, stressing about the stress could cause the stress that leads to the stress. So nobody worry about this. Don't worry about it. One of my really good friends right now, who's my age, is experiencing this. And I feel so bad for her. It's been like wrecking her, the amount of stress that she has about it on top of it. But she actually ordered, this is something that the clinical trials have shown. If you have a Juve device or if you have red light therapy, you can use that. They also make actual caps that concentrate the red light on your head. And she actually just ordered one of those. So I'm really excited to see if it helps her. And you can also do micro needling that has been with stem cells and that has been shown to help can be pretty expensive, but it's definitely something to look into. Hi friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash Danger Coffee. 
and use the coupon code MelanieAvalon to get 10% off. Again, that is MelanieAvalon.com slash DangerCoffee with the coupon code MelanieAvalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit. But sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. We have a question from Cindus. That's a beautiful name. Is that how you would say it, Melanie? I always think Cinda because of Cinderella, but... She says, I have a sensitive stomach. I've been trying to follow the low FODMAP, which is gluten-free and no dairy products. Any recommendations? There is a lot of food that irritates me. I need to lose at least 50 pounds. Thank you, Cindus. All right, Cindus, thank you so much for your question. I'm actually pulling up my app right now because it's interesting because you said low FODMAP, which is gluten-free and no dairy products, but dairy products are actually usually not that high in FODMAPs. That's a blanket statement. Some are. So I don't know if she's doing low FODMAP and no dairy or if she's doing... It sounds like she is. I think maybe I read it with wrong emphasis. She's doing low FODMAP, which is gluten-free, and no dairy products. I think I might have read the emphasis incorrectly. That makes sense. So recommendations, and she wants to lose at least 50 pounds. I will say that when you have a sensitive stomach and foods are being inflammatory for you... So actual fat loss aside, finding the foods that are not inflammatory for your body can actually have a huge effect on weight loss. So that's exciting, both for two main reasons. One is that losing the actual water weight from the inflammation can be huge. And then also an inflammatory state is counterproductive for weight loss just because of the the signaling that's going on. So I'm very excited for you, Cindus, to find the diet that works for you. My recommendations are to get my app. <laughs> you can get that at melanieavalon.com slash guide because it actually has, it has gluten, it has FODMAPs, it has 11 compounds total of foods that, of compounds that can be potentially inflammatory for people. And then also has AIP if you ever want to try an autoimmune paleo approach. But as far as like how to approach this, I think when you're trying to figure out what foods are working for you, I think it can be very beneficial in the beginning to commit to the things that you want to test. So if you're trying low FODMAP, you know, do low FODMAP and know that it's going to be, it can be, it might be temporary, like it might not be for life, but it's just so that you can find those foods that are working for you. Because when we're taking in a lot of factors when it comes to food, like a lot of different types of foods, it can be hard to ascertain what's working and what's not. If low FODMAP, gluten-free, no dairy is what you want to try, then embracing it with excitement, get my app, find the foods that you love that fall within that category, and then you know research recipes for that. If you get my book, What, When, Wine, I have 50 recipes in that book, and a lot of them, they're all gluten-free. And then they're noted if they're low FODMAP and they are noted if they're dairy-free. So there's ideas in there. You can join my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, and ask in there for recipe ideas. But I always think of it as really exciting because it's like, oh, I find the foods that you love. I love these foods. And there's so many fun things that you can try. So you also might benefit from supporting digestion with like HCL 
depending on how your actual digestion is going down, that can help break down proteins and fats pretty well. Also digestive enzymes can help a lot of people. We work with bioptimizers a lot and they make a really good HCL supplement. They also make a masszyme supplement that might help. So yeah, there's a lot of potential here. And for a code for bioptimizers, they are also a supporter on this episode. So in the show notes, find the timestamp for the bioptimizers ad and there'll be a code in there for a discount. Jen, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that. Quick reframe for people with sensitive stomachs. You can get excited because you're like the canary in the coal mine or your stomach is like the canary in the coal mine and your stomach is telling you right away that a food is not likely benefiting your health. So it can be a nice thing. You're listening to your body. Yes. All right. Shall we do one more question? Yes. All right. This question comes from Allie. The subject is autophagy and me. And Allie says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I only recently stumbled upon your podcast and it is wonderfully informative. Thank you for all the information you provide during every show. I've been intermittent fasting since August, 2020. I started IF not for the weight loss, but for the healing aspects. I am 36 years old and I have a rare autoimmune disease called granulomatosis with polyangitis that I take medication for on a weekly basis. My end goal is to heal myself through IF so well that I won't need medication anymore. My question is, it seems in general, autophagy is not achieved unless a longer fast is done, that it is the next level unlocked after ketosis. I know I reach ketosis during my fast and I really want to help my body heal, but I just don't want to fast for longer than 24 hours. It does not appeal to me, but longer fasting seems to be the best route to obtaining autophagy. I usually fast for 24 every day and I feel it is a good balance for me. I know everyone's journey is different, but I am wondering if my journey of self-healing can only be accomplished if I do a longer fast, such as 24 hours plus healing occurs during ketosis, but is autophagy on a whole different level of healing. My concern is that I'm not optimizing my best options to get to my end goal of no medications, just looking for the best route. Can I still reach autophagy level healing if I only reach ketosis level over an extended period of time, if that makes sense? For example, if I continue just doing 24 fasts every day, will I eventually have the same amount of healing as if I were to incorporate a 24 plus hour fast into my routine once or twice a week? I know the longer I continue my IF journey, the more healing can happen. Will slow and steady win this race for me too? Thanks. This question, Allie, shows the level of of confusion that's out in the world about autophagy. And so, like, there's one graphic that is just so terrible that people have been shared for years. It used to be a typed piece of paper, and and everybody would, like, there's, like, a photocopy everyone was sharing or a screenshot of it or something. And, and then there, then people, like, made it pretty. They It was the same exact information from that typed piece of paper, but someone made it into, like, graphics. And it said, autophagy begins at 24 hours. That is not true. <laughs> autophagy is not like that. First of all, let's think about autophagy and what it is. It is the way our bodies scrounge around for old stuff hanging around when we've got no new things coming in. So it's also, you know, it's natural. It's what our bodies are supposed to do. Do you think that our bodies have processes in place that require us to fast for 24, 36, 48 hours? No. Our body is supposed to be able to, you know, do what it needs to do when it needs to do it, just in and out. 
And for some reason, the misconception here in your question is that there's like some kind of like a timeline, like, oh, now I'm in ketosis. Whoop, autophagy comes later. That's not how it works. Autophagy and ketosis happen in the same state of nothing coming in. So imagine, you know, instead of a light switch, imagine you've got two dimmer switches, maybe, you know, and instead of just on off, it's like you're going up and down. So one, you know, ketosis and autophagy are happening in the same state. They're not the same thing. You know, autophagy is one thing. Ketosis is another thing. But when one is ramping up, the other is ramping up at the same time. So, you know, everybody experiences autophagy, even people who are not fasting. So the misconception of unless you're fasting 24, 36, 48 hours, you have zero autophagy is so incorrect. But we have increased autophagy that goes along with the state of ketosis because they both happen when you get to that same state in the body, that, that fasted state when your body has to start rummaging around. And so your cells start rummaging around for those junky proteins. That's autophagy. Your you know, body starts to dig into your fat stores to fuel your brain. That's ketosis. But they're all happening at the same time. There was something else I was going to say, and I forgot what it was, but maybe I'll remember. And it makes sense why she thinks this, because it is the way it's put out there. Like you were saying, you know, she thinks that it's ketosis and then autophagy, when actually, if anything, it's the reverse, because ketosis is not happening 24-7. Autophagy is happening 24-7. That's true. Yeah. There is some level of autophagy always happening. But if you're eating all the time, it slows it down. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I thought of it. A lot of things increase autophagy. Fasting is one of them. Coffee is linked to increased autophagy. Exercise is linked to increased autophagy. So if you want to have increased autophagy, drink some coffee while walking on a treadmill during the fast. I'm making a joke there, but <laughs> you get my point. I just, yeah, I had written down, I had written down exercise, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that I had something else in my brain. I'm glad I found it again. And for listeners who are not familiar, we just jumped right into it. Autophagy, it's basically... When your body finds old, broken proteins in your body and basically breaks them down, recycles them to create new things. So it's a really great cleanup process for your body. Like we said, it's it's going on 24-7 to some extent. It just ramps up significantly with fasting, ramps up in exercise, coffee supports it. Everything Jen said is spot on and exactly what I was going to say. Only two things I would add would be If you want to get heightened autophagy while still maintaining a 24-hour fast, you could do a day. She doesn't mention what she's eating. That was actually the second of the two things. So I'll just say them both. You know, she's talking about wanting to recover or put her autoimmune disease into remission, which I completely support. And I, I think that's wonderful. Your goal is about getting off of the medication. So I don't know at all what you're eating, but I would make that a primary focus in the healing aspect. If it's just fasting, I don't know that everybody, if they're eating foods in their eating window that are in favor of, I don't know if encouraging is the right word, but encouraging the autoimmune disease, 
I don't know if fasting alone would be enough to reverse it. So I would definitely, definitely take a look at your food choices if you haven't already. Again, I already mentioned that app food sense guide, but it does have autoimmune paleo approach, which a lot of people find shocking success in reversing autoimmune conditions. So that might be something to try. Again, the link for that is melanieavalon.com slash food sense guide. So that was the one thing. And then the second thing was if you did want to get heightened autophagy, you could do a day where your eating window is very, very low protein. And I'm not encouraging this, please, listeners, friends. I'm not saying do low protein diet in general. And I'm not saying do this every day. I think a higher protein diet is super, super important for so many things, health, body composition, weight loss, just so many things. But the occasional day of very low protein will ramp up autophagy, especially if you're combining it with fasting. So if you want to do a little hack and try to get an autophagy day without fasting longer, that's what I would suggest doing, especially since autophagy seems to be something she wants to play with. Any other thoughts, Jen? Nope. I think that all sounds good. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you'd like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. These show notes, which I feel like are very important for today's show, those will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 210, 210. You can follow us on Instagram, see my pictures of the cryotherapy. Oh my goodness. You can see Jen's cats and Jen's food <laughs> and Jen's house. And yeah, anything else, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, this was absolutely wonderful and I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.